Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Mike, are we ready to worship? I'm ready, Pastor. I think you got these people ready, too. Let's do it. And today, the focal point of our service is indeed worship. And we want to worship the Lord God Almighty today, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Sing with us, O Worship the King, as Kathy leads us off. of the heart but an act of the will and Psalm 1 Psalm 9 verses 1 and 2 I have uh, I will I will tell of all your wonderful I will sing the praises of your name O most high amen we'd like to sing yes I will this is a song about Submitting our will, even as Jesus said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. I count on one thing, the same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me. The same God that's never late Working all things out You're working all things out Yes, I will sing to John In the lowest valley, yeah 
Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I will. Oh, same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will Bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I will. Oh, all my days. Yes, I will. I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Nothing can stand against I choose to praise To glorify, glorify The name of all names Nothing can stand against Yes, I will Lift you high In the lowest valley Yes, I will Bless your name Choose to praise, glorify, glorify the name of all names. Jesus, nothing can stand against. I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Let's sing that a cappella with Katie. I choose to praise. Glorify the name of all names that nothing can stand against. I choose to praise to glorify, glorify the name of all names that nothing can stand against. Last time, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord. 
has delivered me. He has delivered me from all fear. He has set my feet upon a rock, and I will not be moved. Shelter, strong tower, my baby. 
I was gone all week long to a pastor's retreat. I want to thank so many uh, who filled in the gap for ministries that uh, I was able to get away and uh, spend the week kind of doing calendar planning and message prep and just seeking the Lord and, and getting a little bit of rest like we talked about last week. Um, so thank you so much for everybody that helped out in so many different ways. I do want to say I wasn't here Friday night for our concert, uh, but I heard they were amazing. Um, I heard that from all sorts of people who don't normally attend our church. So that was really cool. And then the people today were telling me, hey, uh, all these people in our community were disappointed because they were like, we were looking forward to live music Friday night outside and there was no music outside. So I'm like, I'm so sorry if we disappointed you. Uh, you should have came because I heard it was a fantastic concert. Uh, and I do want to say a congratulations to uh, Jackie and Joe Wiggers who celebrated their anniversary on Friday and hosted our concert. Uh, so thank you guys for sacrificial giving and loving on the band that was here and uh, just appreciate them. And I want to thank our, our team this morning. We were so low man this morning, um, but people stepped up. We didn't think we'd get it all done in time, but you guys are phenomenal. Can we give it up for our setup team this morning? They worked, they worked their tails off. So... So this morning, I'm excited because I, I'm not preaching the Word. I, I get excited when I do preach the Word. You can be seated, by the way. Um, I forget. We're outside. I forget to tell you you have to sit down. I just do this. It skips my mind. Um, but I'm so excited this morning because uh, I'm, not getting, I'm not preaching. I love to preach, and I love to get excited about preaching. But uh, one of my good friends and one of our people uh, that work with us on staff here is preaching the Word of God this morning. So would you give it up for a warm welcome for Robin Gitzel. Let's hear the horn honks for Robin Gitzel, who's coming to bring an awesome word. And the minute, here's what happened, Robbie. The minute that they said they heard me say, Robbie's preaching, everybody that had a donut for breakfast felt instant conviction. Woo-hoo! <laughs> uh, so you're doing a great job, brother. I'm so excited. Preach the Word. I am so excited to be here. This is awesome. Um, one thing I have to do, though, is we have to dismiss the kids. Jackie said, please dismiss the kids before you preach. <laughs> so here they come right now. Don't you appreciate Jackie? Yep. And I appreciate Pastor Eric and for the opportunity just to be able to share this morning. Um, just thank you for your friendship, and I really do mean that. So um, this is great. Um, so, I've been looking forward for a long time to be able to share with this. I think it's a couple months ago that Pastor Eric asked, hey, will you be able to preach one Sunday as we do the outdoor services? And I said, I'd love to do it. And literally, as I've delivered packages, I've been thinking about this message for the past three months, basically. So there's a lot, I know. <laughs> there's a lot. That's why you have sermon notes, Okay. If you take those, a preacher, I'm more than encourage you to, to follow along with those notes, and I guarantee you, you will get a lot more out of it. So, anybody have their Bibles? Yeah, I'm gonna get, um, we're going to use our Bibles today. Uh, I'm going to start with a passage, and I'm just going to look at it briefly and look at it for one question. But at John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9, I want to read that to start off with. And it says this, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, 
which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. When I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. Then Jesus said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Now, the only thing I'm going to refer to in this passage that I read is the simple phrase, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? If you notice, the title of the message is this, do you want to be healthy? Um, there's going to be a lot of Greek words that I'm going to share with you today. <laughs> um, I did a lot of studying for this. And it, for me, if you understand the meaning of a word, it helps you to understand how to apply that principle, the godly principle to your life. So the word here for well is actually the word huggies, H-U-G-I-E-S. It's not diapers, all right? <laughs> um, but H-U-G-I-E-S, and it actually means either sound, whole, or healthy. It's used 12 times in the New Testament, seven times in this passage alone. I think John was trying to make a point here. Do you want to be healthy? And that's the question that I want to ask all of you, including myself today, is do you want to be healthy? As most of you know, a couple months ago, um, I ended up in the hospital for a couple days. Um, I was out on a run, and I think a lot of you know that I go running pretty much every day. And I was dealing with kidney stones and taking some medication just to kind of help with the pain. And about a quarter of the way, about, about a quarter mile into my run, all of a sudden my legs started feeling really weak. And I'm like, what is going on here? Um, and then I remember just getting weaker and weaker, and then I passed out. I'm like, okay, what is going on here? <laughs> um, it was the weirdest thing because I don't know how long it was, but it wasn't very long, but I felt like I was laying in bed. And I opened my eyes, and I realized, man, I feel really good. But then I realized, why am I not in my bed? <laughs> I looked, and I'm like, I see the sky. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right, I passed out. <laughs> so I tried to get home because I know I needed to get home. So I passed out actually three times total um, that day. And I don't remember the last two times. Um, but if you know where I live, I live on Highway 26. And the last time I was like right on the edge of Highway 26, um, somebody saw me pass out and they said, hey, can I drive you someplace to get you home? And they took me home. Um, to make a long story short, I was in the hospital. They really didn't find out anything except that probably my body didn't like the medicine that I was taking. Um, that's what caused me to pass out. Um, but I say all that is I had two weeks off from that incident um, because they were checking my heart out. Just, it was a Saturday night, last night, huh? I, I can fall back asleep right away, but this night, um, there was a thought that came to my mind, and I just kept on thinking about it over and over again, and so much to the point where I had to get up and write it down. Like, it wouldn't leave me. And there were three words that came to my mind 
disciplined whole health. And if you see this sign right here, um, and Jackie painted this sign. Um, she put a lot of effort into this sign. I really appreciate her help with that. So if you see her, make sure and thank her for painting that sign. Um, but as I was laying in bed, and I actually I got up and I started journaling this, I said, living healthy is a balance of our spirit and our body and our mind. And then previous um, in that week, I had a devotion, and it was from 1 Timothy 4, 7. And it says this in 1 Timothy 4, 7, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. It's like, why do we discipline ourselves? It is so we can become more who God wants us to become. In order to be healthy, it takes discipline. And when we discipline ourselves to make us more godly, more like God wants us to become. A couple days later, I was thinking more about this, and I'm thinking, is there something I can do to encourage people to help live a healthy life? And I thought, you know what, why don't I see if I can maybe start a Facebook group um, and call it Disciplined Whole Health. So I did that. I started in April, and as I was thinking through it, I thought, the purpose of this is I want to show what the Bible says about living a healthy life. I looked for books about what the Bible says about being healthy, and I didn't find many online. And I'm thinking, there really isn't much out there. So maybe this would be some good information just to share with people about what the Bible says about living healthy. The purpose of the group on Facebook is to offer support, encouragement, and accountability to live a healthy life. And then a step further from this, I was thinking more about this in the two weeks that I had off, I thought, maybe I can learn something about um, being healthy. So I signed up for a class to be a wellness coach. Um, a wellness coach basically is someone that just encourages people to, to follow through with their health goals, to live a healthy life. So it's through the National Academy of Sports Medicine. I'm about one-third of the way through, um, but I've learned a lot, and I'm looking forward to, to finishing that. But I say all that to say this, is do you want to be healthy? Here's the main idea that I want to share with you today. If you want to be healthy, you must offer your life to God, your spirit, your body, and your mind. There's a verse I want to look at. It's Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And if you want to take your Bibles and turn there, um, we're going to read that together. And what I'm going to do is we're going to go through a lot of the words here. I'm going to do it as quickly and efficiently as possible, but you've got your notes to follow along. But here's what it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, this is one of my favorite verses when it comes to talking about what worship is. Worship is more than just singing a few songs on a Sunday morning. It's our whole life. But since I started this group on Facebook and I've just been thinking about healthy living, this passage talks about all three aspects, about being disciplined in our body, in our mind, and in our spirit. If you look 
and mine. Um, the first, um, and Jeremy, is he here? Is he in the back somewhere? I have a volunteer that's going to help me. He's coming? I didn't mean to do that. I did have t-shirts all ready to go, um, but we were going to iron on something, um, but it didn't work out, and that's all right. So we're going to do the next best thing, and Jeremy came up here, and he's going to hold this sign, body, and there's more things that he'll be doing in a little bit. But I want you to get these three words, and just think about these three words, offering our body, our spirit, and our mind. And we're going to look at the different words that this passage talks about here. The first one is the word offer. We need to offer. It's the word peristemi, and it comes from actually a combination of two Greek words, para and histemi, which means from close beside or to stand, or to stand close beside or ready to present. The, there are several Bible translations that translate this word present instead of offer. But here is the English definition of the word offer. To present or proffer something for someone to accept or reject as so desired. Here's an example. If I was to come up to Jeremy and say I was the waiter at a restaurant and he was sitting down waiting to eat, I might come up to him and say, hey, may I offer you a cup of soup? Right? And he could either accept it or deny it. Or if you come to my home, as a guest to my home, I may offer you a drink of water. Are you thirsty? And speaking of thirsty, make sure and drink water. Water is important to drink. It's very important. Um, but you may say, what about God? I don't have anything to offer God. Yes, you do. I want you to remember the story of the widow that gave the two mites. Remember what Jesus said about her? It says this in verse 4 of chapter, Luke chapter 21. All these people gave gifts out of their wealth, but she put out of her poverty all she had to live on. All she had was two coins, and she gave her all. She gave everything. So what are we to offer to God? Our body. We're to offer our body. The Greek word for the word body is somata, and this is pretty simple. It's our physical body, all right? Now, we only have one body, right? Anybody have more than one body? <laughs> you don't have a spare at home? No. It's not like a vehicle, right? Um, what happens when your vehicle breaks down? You probably have to go out and get a new one, right? Um, it doesn't happen with our body. God only gives us one body. So we've got to take care of this body the way that he wants us to. And we're reminded of that in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. We've got to treat our bodies in the right way. Otherwise, it's going to break down. So, how are we to offer our body to God? According to this passage here, we are to do it in three ways. The first one is a living sacrifice. Um, the Greek word for the word living is the word zosan. It comes from the Greek word zoe, 
this is one of my favorite words, the word Zoe. Anybody know of a girl or a named Zoe at all? Um, I love the definition of the word Zoe. It means eternal life. It's God's life that he has given to us. You know, the Bible has three words for the word life. Um, bios, which means our, our, our word psychology from, spiritual life. Um, I love how C.S. Lewis puts it in his book, Mere Christianity. And I just want to read this from him. It says, spiritual life, which is from God from all eternity, in which made the whole natural universe, is Zoe. Bios has to be sure a certain shadowy or symbolic resemblance to Zoe, but only the sort of resemblance there is between a photo and a place or a statue which changed from being a carved stone to being a real man. And that is what precisely Christianity is all about. The world is a great sculptor's shop. We are statues, and there is a rumor going around the shop that some of us are going to come to life someday. Isn't that a great illustration? It's not just this physical body, but God infuses us with him, his presence, his life. We're different. It's like a statue turning into a, a real person. Or if you remember the, the movie Pinocchio, it's a puppet turning into a real boy. God's presence comes inside of us. If you have committed your heart to the Lord, you have Zoe life inside of you. Without God's life in us, we fall short of our goals to be healthy. But with God, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So what's the point? It's this. Your daily relationship is a workout with God that you need to do every day. We need to read the Bible and pray so that we can feed that spirit, our spiritual life. It's just as important as a physical workout. Now, the next word I want to look at is the word sacrifice. The Greek word for the word sacrifice is thusia. It comes from the word thuo, which means to sacrifice. I looked up the definition in the, in the dictionary, and sacrifice means this, an act of slaughtering an animal or person or surrendering a possession as an offering to God or to a divine or supernatural figure. Remember in the Old Testament? What did they bring to the temple as part of their worship? They brought an animal sacrifice. Aren't you glad we don't have to do that anymore? It would get kind of messy. I think we need all that water from the baptismal tank maybe to clean up um, all the stuff going on. But as Hebrews says, Jesus died on the cross as a sacrifice once and for all, and we don't need an animal sacrifice anymore. So what's Paul talking about here? Paul is saying we need to offer our bodies instead of an animal as a sacrifice to God. We need to be willing to die. But the thing about it, it's not just a one-time sacrifice, and we don't actually die. I think we're all alive here today, right? Everybody is breathing. We're, we're all breathing. We're here. So he's talking about something else, I think. It's this, the thing that needs to die is our flesh. 
It's kind of like an oxymoron here, a living sacrifice. How can something be living and dead at the same time? Well, it is your, your um, flesh that dies and that new life comes into you. As I think about it, wouldn't it be easy just to die once and be over with it? But it's not that way. It's a daily thing that God has called us to, to have a day-by-day relationship with God, and that takes commitment and discipline. Once we understand this, something supernatural takes place. Our daily sacrifice takes on new life. It actually comes alive in time and done thing. Verse is it supposed to be holy is the word hagios, and it means to be set apart or different. There is no easy way to be holy. A lot of times the world tries to promote health and wellness by giving you a quick fix to health problems. Anybody ever see those commercials? You can be healthy in 40 days if you follow this diet. Or you can do this if you take this pill. You'll lose weight. Um, you know, if you watch TV long enough, and the, t- the commercials are filled with them. I watch Fox News a lot of times in the morning, and it's like, it seems like half the commercials are health and wellness um, commercials, trying to get people to, to live a healthy life. But the focus a lot of times in these commercials is external. God's focus wants to be eter- internal, and that's about living a holy life. It starts by taking care of what's on the inside. There is no quick fix to living a healthy life. It takes discipline. It takes committing to create new habits, habits that will help you to create um, changes that will last in your lifetime. 1 Peter 1.16 says, Be holy, for I am holy. Are you ready to be holy? Are you ready to commit your body to God, to live it as unto him? The third way that we're to present our body is to be pleasing. The Greek word for the word pleasing is euoreston, and it comes from two Greek words, you meaning good, and oresko meaning to please or to fully be fully acceptable. So this word means well-pleasing or fully acceptable. Here's my question as we're talking about trying to be healthy. Why are we trying to be healthy? Sometimes we do it to please others. There's a satisfaction that comes when we do something for somebody else. Anybody else get that same satisfaction sometimes when you you please somebody? I think we want to do what our spouse or our kids want us to do. Or when we're trying to live a healthy life, we want to do things to please others. But the downfall in this is we lose a sense of who we are and who God wants us to be if we focus on pleasing somebody else. Sometimes it feels good to please ourselves in striving to be healthy. Um, But the weakness and downfall in that is it can be seen as selfish, like you're only doing it just to please yourself. This verse here says we must do it to please God, a pleasing sacrifice to God. Remember 1 Timothy 4, 7, discipline yourself for the sake of godliness. Pleasing God has to be the starting point for our journey to be healthy. It keeps our desire to please others and ourselves in check. So that's offer our body. 
I want to go to the second thought, and it's offer your spirit to God. And Aiden, where are you? Aiden's going to come up here, and I'm going to give him the second aspect. And it's offer our spirit to God. The second part of this passage says, this is your spiritual act of worship. As we continue looking this passage, this word spiritual act comes from the Greek word logikin, um, which we get our word logos from. Anybody familiar with John 1.1? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. That word is the word logos right there. Um, from this word, we get our English word logic. It was logical. Logic is defined as traditionally um, the study of laws and thought or correct reasoning. How many here are logical? <laughs> How many? Um, it's sensible. Because of what God has done for us, offering his grace and mercy, it makes sense. It's logical to offer our lives to God as a living sacrifice. If we truly spend time thinking about why we should be healthy, it's logical. It makes sense. Now think about this. Why would we abuse our bodies by putting in things into our bodies that are not good for it? Now think about it. We only have one body. We can't exchange it. Why would we put stuff into our body that it would would abuse it. Um, maybe it's excess, things that have excess sugar in it. I grew up eating sugar my whole life. <laughs> All right? Um, Christmas was a, a sugar fest. Um, but I've learned that sugar is not so good for my body. It's not the best thing. And I'm really trying to limit the amount of sugar that I get into my body uh, because my body doesn't respond the right way. So, other thoughts about healthy living. Why would we drink these sugary drinks? Or why would we tear ourselves or others down? Or why would we neglect our time with God? It doesn't make sense. God wants us to stay on track. The next word is the word worship. The word that Paul chose in this passage here is the word latreian. It's actually one of nine words that has translated the word worship. In the, in the Bible, in the New Testament. And here's the definition of this word worship. It is service given to God. It is not something that is forced like a slave, but to serve and worship as a result of a choice that you make. Two things here. Number one, Paul is very clear when he says offering our body to God is an act of worship. Did you ever think about that? That the way we treat our bodies is actually a way that we worship God. As I thought more about that, it's like it's more than just singing a song on a Sunday morning. But I got to get up and I have to exercise. I got to make sure that I'm doing the right things, that I can live the way God wants me to live. Um, I got to offer my best to God. You remember the sacrificial system in the Old Testament? They didn't bring just any old animal to be sacrificed. What kind of animal did they bring? It was the best. It was perfect. And that's what God desires of us, to be holy, to give ourselves to him, to offer the best to him. 
I love how the message translates this verse. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Isn't that great? It's just every part of our life is worship to God. The second thing, worship is a choice that we make. Since Adam and Eve, God has given us all a choice, and we have the choice whether or not we're going to serve him. And the same is true with healthy living. I cannot force anybody to live healthy. You can't do that either. It's a choice that you have to make individually, saying, you know what, I'm going to live the way God wants me to live. You have to do it. The third aspect is we must offer our mind to God. And Chris Caper is going to come up. At the last minute, he volunteered. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Offer our mind to God. The last part of this verse says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word for conform is the word suskamatizo. I don't know if I said that right. And here's the pattern or model for me personally, I have discovered living healthy, I have to do it the way that I feel best suits me. Nobody else can do that for me. And the same thing is true for you. What I'm doing may not work for you. You've got to find a way that you can live healthy and right for you. You know, TV commercials desperately try to get us to buy their products to be healthy. I think we can learn from them, but ultimately we have to make those choices on our own. And maybe that means to eat right, or maybe that means to eat less if necessary. Getting up early to exercise, or maybe guarding our time so that we're not so stressed out. Or how about this, getting proper sleep and rest, like Pastor Eric mentioned last week, the importance of rest, or watching the things that we say. So it says in this passage here, do not conform to this world. The word world from in Greek is the word aeoni, which means space or time. What are we not to conform to? We are not to conform to this world. My dad loves to put puzzles together. Anybody else like putting puzzles together? No, Wendy says no, I don't want to put a puzzle together. That's all right. <laughs> um, but what, what he does is you look at the pattern of the box on the outside, and that helps you to be able to put that puzzle together, especially when it's all the same or one color, um, and it's a hard puzzle. But in this instance here, Paul is saying, do not conform to the pattern of this world. The world bombards us with things like this. Live for yourself. Focus on your outer beauty. Be selfish. Eat whatever you want. Give in to your emotions. Get even when somebody upsets you. Hold a grudge. Or party like there's no tomorrow. But God calls us to a different standard. Remember one that is holy and pleasing to him. And what is God's way? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Live by the Ten Commandments. Develop the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Have a day-by-day -day relationship with God. 
As we apply these disciplines to our life, we become whole and healthy like God desires us to become. The next word is the word transformed. It comes from the Greek word metamorpho, um, and it means this, um, to be transformed or changed, a change of form of nature or thing or person to a completely different one by natural or supernatural means. And this is the same word that is used when it says Jesus was transfigured um, when he was with Peter, James, and John on the high mountain. This is the word that when we, we think about the word, or we think about caterpillars, they go through a metamorphosis. A caterpillar changes from this little crawling animal to something that can fly. It's the same thing that happens to us um, when we strive to live godly, biblical principles um, in living a healthy life. There's a transformation that takes place in our life. You know, I remember the transformation that took place in my life, not only spiritually, but physically when I was a teenager. Um, there's only a couple of you here that knew me when I was a teenager. Um, but I was pretty heavy as a teenager, um, like 240 pounds heavy. Um, yeah, Carol is looking at me like, yeah, I remember that, Robbie. <laughs> and my dad decided to say, you know what, son, you need to go out and go running. Um, so we, he ran all the time. Remember, I went, and I was out of breath, like, I can't do this, I can't do this. Well, I kept on doing it. I kept on doing it. And you know what? Over that summer, I ended up losing close to 100 pounds. Um, just a transformation took place. Um, and, there's, and that's a neat feeling to, to know that transformation. That happens physically, spiritually as well. There's a transformation that takes place. How are we transformed? We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Just two more words. Greek word for renewing is the word anakinosis, and it comes from two words, ana and kino, meaning up, completing a process to make fresh or new. Think about some of the things that we renew. We renew friendships. We renew marriage vows. Subscriptions to video streaming services. Medical subscriptions. Anybody have a medical subscription that they renew? <laughs> Um, New Year's resolutions, how are those coming along? Do those need to be renewed? We renew licenses and passports. But what we need to renew is our mind. That's what God says, to renew our mind. And the Greek word for the word mind is the word nous. And here's the definition. The God-given capacity of each person to think and reason, or the mind the mental capacity to exercise reflective thinking. For the believer, it's the organ of receiving God's thoughts through faith. Now, as I thought about this, about disciplined whole life, living a disciplined life is just as much as a mind thing as it is a physical thing. When I was trying to run with my dad as a 16-year-old, I had to tell myself over and over again, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. It's part of your mind. You've you got to do it. Sometimes our minds are um, they're pretty convincing, sometimes in bad ways. I remember as a child laying in bed one night, and I was convinced that there was somebody in my room. 
I was just laying there, very scared, like, there's somebody in my room. What do I do? What do I do? Um, but then I come to find out in the morning that my window was open, and the wind was blowing something, and it felt like there was somebody there. My mind convinced me that there was somebody in the room. It wasn't actually there. But I think what we can do is harness that for a good thing and use it for our physical well-being as well. So, um, I'm going to jump ahead here. The whole key is this. It's to live a balanced life of body, mind, and spirit. I was talking to my brother-in-law, Greg. Um, this would be two Mondays ago. Uh, my daughter, Lily, was here, and we went over to their house, spending some time with them. And I was talking to Greg that I was going to be preaching a message, talking about being balanced and being healthy. And he said, oh, I know what that means. It's having a donut in each hand. <laughs> I said, Greg, I don't think that's quite the answer. <laughs> and I told him that I would share that illustration. <laughs> um, but I want to show you what it means about the importance of having a balance of body, spirit, and mind. So let me explain. If we focus on the spirit only, and I've got a thing here that Jeff so graciously engineered and designed for us. This is a cool thing here. It's pretty awesome, yeah. So thank you, Jeff, for putting that together. Um, what happens if we only focus on the spirit? So, um, Aiden, I want you to put a little bit of water in the cup that says um, spirit, just a little bit. And I'm going to hold this just in case. Okay, perfect. So it's out of balance right now, if to God. Think about it and do things, how can we do what God has called us to do? He, it's important to have our physical body in a shape where we can do what God has called us to do. Now, if we focus only on the spirit, I think we've all seen people who are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good, right? If they focus only on the spirit. But remember, God has given us a body. We need to take care of that body as well. And we need to take care of our mind. And if we focus only on the spirit, our mind is not in the right place, and we don't have the power from God to live a transformed life. So our life is out of balance, like this is right now. So I'm going to dump this out right now. And then I'm going to have um, the next one is if we focus on the body only. So Jeremy, put a little bit in the one that says body. It's right here. Okay. Again, it's out of balance. What happens if we only focus on our body, if we're just trying to get physically fit? I've got news for you. We're all going to die someday. I don't want to spoil the end of, end of anything here, but do you know that we're all going to die someday? You know, you see all these bodybuilders and people that are so focused on getting healthy, but maybe they've taken it too far to the extreme. You've got to have your spirit and your mind balanced in that as well. And if we only focus on the body and not the spirit, we lose our purpose for why we're trying to be healthy. Remember, it's logical. There's a purpose behind it. So let me dump this one out here. And we're going to do the last one. Focus on the mind only. And Chris is so graciously going to put it in here. 
Just a little bit. Just a little bit, yep. Perfect. What happens if we only focus on our mind? You know what? You can say you want to get healthy all you want, but until you get up in the morning and say, I'm going to go out and go walking and go running, it's not going to do you any good, right? If you focus only on, yeah, I, I think I can do it, well, get out and do it, right? I listened to a message from our former district um, superintendent, Larry Levy, and it's from James 1.22. He says, don't just listen to the word of God. Do what it says. You've got to get out and do it. So you've got to get out and get active. So we need to be balanced. And if we don't have the spirit, again, we lose our purpose for being healthy. So I'm going to dump this out again, and I'm going to see if our three volunteers can balance off putting water in all three of these so that it'll all balance together. So here they go. They're going to try it and give it a shot. Do you think they can do it? So the idea is to get it to balance with water inside of it. I Sounds good. Great job. <clears throat> it's a balance. Body, mind, and spirit. You know, as I thought about this, I, I just I thought about um, the Trinity um, and the importance of the Trinity in our life. Um, again, I'm, I'm going to refer to C.S. Lewis. I really like his book, Mere Christianity. There's a lot of good stuff in it. If you haven't read Mere Christianity, I really encourage you to read it. It'll really expand your mind and help you to understand why you believe what you believe. But the Trinity is a hard concept to understand. But in it, he gives an illustration in forward, up and down. All right? If you're using two dimensions, you can draw a figure. What's a figure? Like, say, a square. Um, a square is four straight lines. All right? Then if you move to three dimensions, you can build a cube, like a dice. A cube is made up of six squares. Here's the point. As you advance to more complicated levels, you don't leave the more simpler levels behind. You have them combined in new ways. And I'm thinking, man, that is so awesome. It's like mind blown here. It's like, that, that makes sense. It, it just makes sense. Now think about um, humans and God right now. One human is one person. We can think about that because we're human. But when we get to God's level, we find personalities combined in ways which we might not fully understand. Three persons can be one being. It's hard to really fully understand, but it's just like a cube is six squares while remaining one cube. And I want to read this really quick because this really helps to put this whole idea about body, mind, and spirit together. C.S. Lewis said this, You may ask, if we cannot imagine a three-personal being, what is the good about talking about him? 
well, there isn't any good about talking about him. The thing that matters is actually being drawn into that three-personal life. And that may begin tonight, if you like. What I mean is this. An ordinary, simple Christian kneels down to say his prayers. He is trying to get in touch with God. But if he is a Christian, he knows that what is prompting him to pray is also God. God, so to speak, inside of him. But he also knows that all his real knowledge of God comes through Jesus Christ, the man who was God, that Christ is standing beside him, helping him to pray. You see what is happening. God is the thing to which he is praying, the goal he is trying to reach. God is also pushing him on the inside, the motive or the power. God is also the road or the bridge along which he is being pushed to that goal. So that whole threefold life of a three-person being is actually going on in that little ordinary, little ordinary bedroom where a man is saying a simple prayer. The man is being caught up into a higher kind of life, what I call zoe or spiritual life. He is being pulled into God by God while still remaining himself. And this is how theology started. People knew about God in a vague way. Then came a man who claimed to be God, yet he, as not the sort of man you could dismiss as a lunatic, he made them believe in him. They met him again after they had seen him killed. And then after they had formed a little society, they found some God somehow inside of them, directing them, making them able to do things they couldn't do before. And when they worked it all out, they had arrived at the Christian definition of a three-person God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And when I think about living a disciplined whole life, you know, body, mind, and spirit, just like God, we're, we're three parts, body, mind, and spirit, but yet we're one person. And we need to focus on all three areas to live a balanced life in that area. Now, there's just one more thing, and I think Anthony missed his cue. There it is, right there. <laughs> Anybody hear that? There's one. Oh, there's another one, too. There's one more word as you listen to all these wonderful sounds. It's the word urge. Anybody have that for a ringtone? <laughs> there's one more word, the word urge, and it comes from this Greek word, peril. Are you ready to answer the call to live a holy life? Are you ready to answer that call? Body, mind, and spirit. God's put a desire in my heart to be able to share with you the importance of living a whole healthy life. I want God to use you to do what he is calling you to do. And you can't do that if you're not healthy. And that's the challenge today, is to live a healthy life. But how do you do that? You have to offer your life to God as a living sacrifice. To conclude, there's a, a song um, that I wrote several years ago. Uh, in fact, guys, you can sit down right now. I thank you so much for your time um, and standing up here and smiling and looking pretty. You did great. Give them a hand. Um, I don't know what living a healthy life looks like for you. It's up to you. I can't do it for you. But I can come alongside and I can encourage you. I can coach you. I can help you. 
and I can be there to be a support and say, you know what, you can do it. You can do it. I believe every single one of you can do it. But it starts by saying, God, I offer my life to you as a living sacrifice. And I'm going to share this song with you. Um, again, it, you're not going to know it because I wrote this song. But once I play it through one time, if it's your desire to say, God, I want to offer my life to you, my body, my mind, and my spirit as a living sacrifice, I want you to stand up and you just lift your hands and say, God, I give my life to you. And then as you do that, I, I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to help bring to mind some of the things that means in your life. Maybe for some of you, it will mean, you know what, maybe I should get up early in the morning and go on a walk. Or, you know what, maybe I shouldn't eat that donut. <laughs> or maybe I shouldn't do that activity because that might not be the best thing for my body. I want you to bow your heads. And I'm going to pray as I get set up here. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to be able to share your word this morning. And I thank you for each person here. And Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us to offer our lives to you as a living sacrifice, to be disciplined in our body, in our mind, in our spirits. God, we belong to you. You've given us only one body. Help us to offer it to you as a living sacrifice. In Jesus' name. Here's how the song goes. Lord, I offer my life. It's your sacrifice. All my earthly every breath that I breathe. Lord, I offer my life. It's your sacrifice. Here's how the verse goes. Lord, make me Every breath that I breathe, Lord, I offer my life. It's your sacrifice. 
try that verse with me? Lord, make me holy. Lord, make me holy and pleasing to Every breath that I breathe, Lord, I offer my life as your sacrifice. Just sing that last line, Lord, I offer my life as your sacrifice. sitting out here with us, would you just stand to your feet? We want to pray over you as we get ready to dismiss our service today. What was the definition of Huggies again? Healthy. Healthy. I'm going to use that from now on. I love it. We want, you to, we want you to be Huggies. We want you to be healthy in body, mind, and spirit. And we, I think the key today is balance. It's so easy for us to get off kilter put so much energy into one thing, all of a sudden our life gets out of balance. God wants you to be balanced. So let's pray today. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to spend time with you and to have your word speak to our life. And Lord, we pray that we would be balanced in what we do, in our relationships, in our personal walk with you, in our work, in all the different areas of our life. We want to be balanced and Lord, because we know that's the best thing for us. Lord, we thank you that we've got to worship out here. You broke through the clouds. The sun is shining. There's a great day ahead. Lord, we pray over our offering today that, God, you would bless those who give. You would meet their needs in incredible ways. And, Lord, until we gather together next Sunday, Lord, may we be about your ministry. In Jesus' mighty name. And God's people said,